Distractions Podcast, a podcast where we chat true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, urban legends, weird hairdos from the 90s, maybe. I don't know. Recipes. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, but no bullshit. <laughs> I'm Alex. And Christy. This week we are back talking conspiracy theories. And in comparison to last week, this story is a lighter one, for oh. sure. Yes. Uh, so, but before we dive into conspiracy theory for the week, Christy, what is your need for a distraction? And I'm betting any money you're about to say work. I'm, I just have to because <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> it's only been 57 episodes, and every single one's fucking work. <laughs> every single one is work. But we're okay. This week actually has with- been very stressful at work. I literally oh. have um, X-rayed and CT. So many COVID vented patients. I'm so fucking oh. over this right now. Because we're getting all the like people coming up to Toronto, like they're taking the bringing them to own town, and then there's the construction outside my house, and I, it's making me impossible to sleep with the construction and my fucking cat. The sleep is non-existent. Sleep is non-existent. So a little bit of work, a little bit of sleep hindrance, a whole lot of bullshittery is what I'm getting. We yes. What's, totally what's your distraction, ma'am? <laughs> Oh, man. So I I was thinking about this earlier today, and I was going to say work because work, as I will tell you in detail off off air has been an absolute crap shoot uh oh, but no. in, instead i'm gonna tell a little story that happened to me last night oh. <laughs> and it's and it's such a first world problem so hopefully people just laugh and not think i'm just crazy so last night i went down to the we have a basement bathroom and i was grabbing some extra body wash i had and I turned on the light and I looked over to the toilet for some reason. I don't know why. I just had this like itch to to look over. And there was this massive black spider. Like I'm talking the size of a loony. And if you don't know what a loony is, Google it. I'm sorry. Like it's, it was, ma- this thing was massive. And of course I saw it. And I literally screamed, the fuck? How are you in this house? How are say, you? You and spiders, no go, like burn the house down type. I, I, I have, I don't want to say I have arachnophobia because I can handle like small spiders or daddy long legs, no problem. And I also love the movie arachnophobia. Don't ask. It's a weird complex. So (laughs) here's the fucking kicker though. So I went upstairs to grab my phone because of course me being mean and an overdramatic Capricorn, I was like, I'm going to come snap it. Yeah. I I was going to send a funny video to everyone and say like, LOL, I'm burning my house down catch on the flip side heading to the border so i went to grab my phone went back downstairs went to the bathroom it's gone and it has not been seen since so i'm just saying every every hour since last night i have been living in fear and living in essentially a war zone because at any moment moment this spider can come out of nowhere and attack me Get ya. Yeah, exactly. So that that's my need for distraction. I could I could be really mean and say something right now that would like scare you for sleeping, but I'm not going to say. No, I I know that fact. I've been told <laughs> that fact by many of people, and I've read that fact online, and I hate it. I, anyways, it's just in the walls, and that's where it's living, and you're just gonna pretend that it's there. It's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend that it's not here, and that I'm not sweating because of it, because I'm drenched in sweat right now. My hands are so clammy. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Anyways, conspiracy theories, for the love of God. 
We need to talk about conspiracy theories. This week, we are going back to Norway, aka the land of my paternal family. And in particular, we are going to be talking about the mysterious lights of Hesdalen. So when I said this topic is going to be light, I wasn't joking. It is literally lights. Wow. You're so funny. I know. I know. It's going to get worse. It's a, it's a nosedive from here. I'm sorry. When we think of the light phenomena in Norway, we typically think of the famous Northern Lights. According to the Visit Norway website, the Northern Lights are typically seen over the mainland Northern Norway at night and over Svalbard during the day. But, because there is a big old Kim Kardashian but here, there seems to be another light phenomena in Norway, specifically a series of light balls, which... <laughs> Even typing that out, I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, but there, there seems to be these balls of light or light balls that were observed in the Valley of Hesdalen. And yes, I know I'm a 13-year-old boy and I make really bad jokes, but stay, stay, stay with me here. Stay with me. Stay right, with okay. Me. So Hesdalen is a small area about 15 kilometers long. And according to the paper by Erling T. Strand called Using an Unknown Mystery as a Case for Teaching Students Information Communication Technologies, the area only had approximately 150 or less people living there in about 2002. So for our geographical folks, aka Tanner, who doesn't listen to the show, but I'll acknowledge it anyways, Hesdalen is approximately over five hours north of Oslo and approximately four hours west of the Norwegian and Swedish borders, depending on which way you go, because there's multiple ways to go. Okay. Yes. So it's, it's, that's where it is. Look at a map, Google Maps it. If you can't Google Maps it, go buy a map. First observed, probably can't read it, but okay. Probably can't read it because I can barely read it. Uh, so the lights were first observed in November of 1981, where people have reportedly seen the balls of light, uh, where they have been further described as being different than the northern lights. So this is where the mystery comes in. These lights, referred to heavily as the Hesdalen lights, have caused a bit of a stir among folks in terms of what they are, what's causing them, and what they mean. Because we have, you know, the five questions, who, what, when, where, why. And, <laughs> and, and we have no absolute fucking idea of what's going on. Which is not five words. I, I realize that now. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I had my hand and I was like, it's going to be a long night recording, I feel. But anyways, back to back to the Hesdalen lights. So before we break down the theories as to what these lights can be, there's some interesting theories. This is conspiracy. So, there's going to be stuff that's out there. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, before we dive into those out there theories, I'll explain what these lights can look like and the difference between them and the northern lights. So okay. the northern lights. We've seen pictures. We've seen paintings. We've seen them in movies. Well, they can be green, yes. That, that's, 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 what, I, that's what I know them as. <laughs> it's just like they are green and that is all <laughs> I can contribute to this conversation. <laughs> I don't see them in person. I have no idea. <laughs> You know, I want to go and see the Northern Lights in Norway so bad. I just want to go to Norway so bad. I just want to leave Ontario, Canada so bad. So bad. I would uh, like to leave my house. <laughs> I'd leave my house. I'd like to live my life. But uh, besides all that depressing stuff, the Northern Lights, a.k.a. the Aurora Borealis, for those... Mm -hmm. A fancy folk. In a direct quote from the Visit Norway website, we have the sun to thank for everything and the auroras. During large solar explosions and flares, huge quantities of particles are thrown out from the sun into deep space. When the particles meet the Earth's magnetic shield, they are left towards an oval 
around the magnetic north pole. They then interact with the upper parts of the atmosphere, the layers of ozone, oxygen, and other stuff that protects the Earth. The energy which is then released is sent to us as northern lights. So for questions regarding auroras, they are a result of disturbances in the magnetic sphere caused by solar wind. And for those who need that explanation summed up, a science occurs... And we get beautiful outcomes. And that's some that's, kind of reaction of sorts. Exactly. Exactly. We get, is, that, that's why it wasn't one of my favorite topics. <laughs> I was going to ask you before we were recording if you liked science, but I figured I'd just, I'd just let you go through it with me. No, not really. <laughs> well, you're going to hate this episode then. Sorry. <laughs> There's math or science. No, there's no math. I'm kidding. But so essentially, all this occurs and we get approximately. I think it's above like 100 kilometers over our head of these beautiful, gorgeous lights that everyone obsesses over, which fair because they're they're gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, Gorgeous. So the northern lights can be described visually as being kind of like a ripple form or sometimes they're in oval shapes, but they're never balls as far as I know. Not the fireballs. No no Dragon Ball Z up here. It's none of that. So the mystery lights of Heslin, on the other hand, not so much that vibe. Uh, In a quote from the Frontiers in Earth Science website article, they mostly appear as free-floating lights shaped as balls, as mentioned, which with dimensions ranging from decimeters to up to 30 meters. So they vary in size. Interesting. Yes. So the lights have reportedly been categorized as geometric structures that are often accompanied by small, short-duration pulsating spikes in the high frequency or in a very low-frequency radio changes. It's science. Science (laughs) is happening. The the science is happening right now. Uh, (laughs) They kind of look like orbs. I'm just going to be blunt. They look like orbs. You know orbs and the, like, paranormal photos that we always judge heavily that's what they kind of look like what i call them dots dots (laughs) yes yeah christy dots but that's kind of what they look like so to speak they're a little bit more from what i gather they're thicker they're like a thicker dot or a thicker orb they're not like see-through by any means but they're opaque is that what you mean (laughs) yeah they're thick with three c's so, in the same article from front, from Frontiers in Science, it was documented that they have been known to show an absolute luminosity that has been estimated to be 19 kilowatts and have time duration ranging from seconds to hours. So, it's either you see it for a hot second, or it's partying all night long, it's out and about, it's getting its groove on, it's not, it's not returning home till the lights come on, ironically. The fancy, fancy balls. Yeah, fancy balls. Fancy party balls. So, documented sightings of these lights started heavily in 1981 to 1984, when people who lived in Hesdalen would witness these lights approximately from 15 to 20 times a week. That's a lot, right? Like, that's that's a lot for a week. Like, I try... A lot of part, a lot of party balls for one whole week. <laughs> we're we're ruining this this conspiracy theory by making it so like bordering provocative. Like, you told me it was science, and I was like, well, this is boring, but no, not the topic, but like <laughs> science, and I was like, let's make this funny. Christy's trying to add spice so damn hard to this. Spice up my life, okay? Fair enough. That's totally fair. Uh, so according to the article, The Heston Lights by Brian Dunning for the Skeptoid website, it was documented during a 1998 research project that the lights would appear in the sky between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. So it's a party. 
That's all I got to say. It's a party. Party lives during party time. Exactly. In that article, Frontiers in Earth Science, which was published back in 2016, the Hesalen lights were only being seen maybe about 10 to 20 times a year. So there was a decrease. You know, maybe it settled down, had a kid or two, got married, started... Very domestic of them. (laughs) Yeah, very domestic of these lights. Where's the fun and mystery in that? It's also been documented that people were seeing them more so in the wintertime and that the light settings would decrease in the summertime. And of course, there's another weird twist to it that I noticed. Erling mentioned how some people documented observing the lights moving close to their homes and even stated that there was one report of a man who was woken up in the middle of the night due to too much light in his room. I guess this guy got out of his bed, he saw the light from outside, and the light was passing by his window. So it wasn't like way up high in the sky. The way I perceived this information was that the light was like right outside his window. Not to dub it down, but yeah, so a little little creepy. So it's like a stalker light comes by the room and peeks in, and then it's like, just kidding, and goes by. <laughs> yeah, it's like, nothing to see here. This ain't a party. Homeboy's sleeping. <laughs> It appears as though scientists have tried to figure out what exactly this light phenomena is, just like many mysterious things in this world. And they're not they're not sure why it's happening in Hesdalen either. You know, it's there's just a lot of questions. We've got the five W's, who, what, when, where, why, right? Unfortunately, we'll realize that there's a lot of different ideas as to why these lights are occurring, but nothing that really seems concrete. I will also apologize in advance because this episode may be a little bit more science heavy as opposed to previous episodes we've covered. It's also been a hot minute since I've been in a science class. So I tried to summarize it as best as I could with my little burnt out brain that I have. So if you are a scientist, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's only been like eight years. (laughs) Yeah, it's only been eight years. And I think the last science course I took was biology. So not even near the same. (laughs) Not, Not even. No, no, not even close. This is still a weird distraction, though. Let's not get it twisted, because this is some weird ass shit that's going on. And that's why I picked it. So I was like, you know what, it's, it's kind of science heavy. But Regardless, it's it's a little funky. It's a little weird. I'm going to be covering the theories associated with this weird distraction, ranging from what they could be and as well as what could be causing them. All right. So our first theory is that the balls of light in Hesdalen are ball lightning. This is why we need a soundboard. I need to invest in a soundboard. What the hell is ball lightning? Oh, we will get to it because it's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. So yes. So, and for those who are listening, Ollie is Christy's cat, who has joined us on this beautiful Skype call that we're on tonight. So, the ball lightning. Ball lightning is just as a mystery as the Hestel and Lights, as we know. According to Paul Scott Anderson, who wrote in the Earth Sky website article, uh, ball lightning is or has been described as a bright plasma-like light moving over the ground and then vanishing. Until recent years, most scientists have remained skeptical about ball lightning. It seemed more myth than reality, according to that same article by Paul Anderson. From what I've gathered, it's something that only few have reported that hasn't been fully studied or labeled real because we're not 100% sure as what causes them and what exactly they are. And if it's lightning at all, which is a little concerning because it's in the name. It's in the name, so... It does sound weird. It's like going across the ground, it's just gone. I want lightning that's from the sky. Well, that's the thing, 
right? Oh, fireball that shoots out, not whatever the fuck that's explaining. Well, I don't want a fireball. Fuck that. That sounds dangerous. Like lightning is dangerous. Lightning can kill, but a ball of it, it seems like abundance. Like it just seems too much. So ball lightning has apparently been reported for centuries, seemingly sporadically all over the world. The first recorded setting of ball lightning apparently was in 1638, you know, a couple days ago, uh, when an alleged great ball of fire was observed to have entered through a window of an English church. Now, this isn't an old-timey mystery either, so it's not like it just happened in 19 or 1638 and that's the last sighting of it. Apparently, there was an incident where researchers from Lanzhou, China's Northwest University, recorded ball lightning while studying a 2012 thunderstorm, according to the National Geographic article by Christina Nunes. So, it's it's been seen as early as 2012, which sounds millennia away from 2021, but but it's it's in real in comparison it's not that long ago. No, 2012 that was like the last time the world ended and now it's like yeah. the world's ending again. I'm sure <laughs> someone took that setting and was thought yeah, the world's ending. There's ball lightning. The world's ending. Basically. Basically. So in terms of appearance apparently ball lightning looks like a typical orb and around the size of a grapefruit in terms of its color According to the Natural Geo- National Geographic article, my, my apologies, by Christina Nunez, it's been reported to have ranged from blue to orange to yellow. And I don't know if I mentioned the actual description of color of the Hesdalen lights, but I believe it's around the same shades of colors. So, you know, blue, yellow, orange, it, it kind of shifts. Um, I think there was one article that had mentioned that the Hesdalen lights also can appear as white, too. So, you know, just party lights. It's a strobe light. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm saying blue and yellow making green. <laughs> still hung up on, you're still hung up on the fact that it's, it's part of the northern lights, aren't you? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, you can hold on to that. It's, a, it's not a theory discussed, but you can hold on to that. That's fine. That's fine. Hold on to what I you believe in. I believe in what I want to believe in, okay? When ball lightning has been allegedly witnessed, uh, heavy on the allegedly, it appears to move slowly over the ground, which is kind of eerie in a sense. But once again, who knows? I I would like to see it to believe it and to believe the eeriness. Uh, Most commonly, they've been reported during electrical storms, hence the early theories that they were simply a different form of lightning, according to the Paul Anderson article I mentioned earlier. Ball lightning reportedly only usually lasts about 10 seconds and then disappears quietly, but sometimes there have been reports of a banging sound, so kind of like a thunder-ish, I'm going to say, that can be heard once the ball lightning is seen, which could elude the feeling of witnessing almost a typical thunder and lightning storm, so to speak, in my mind in my perception of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Yeah, anyways. Um, according to... <laughs> that's how I feel about this whole thing. It's like, okay. So, according to a peer review paper published by Vladimir Torchigan from the Russia Academy of Sciences, he claims the following regarding ball lightning. And please bear with me, because this is science. That's all I'm going to say. So it's going to go over my head? It it, it went over my head as I was reading it. So uh, the quote reads, We show that the mysterious and intriguing behavior of ball lightning, observed by many eyewitnesses, is explained on the assumption that ball lightning consists of only only light and compressed air. 
In contrast to a soap bubble, the spherical shell of ball lightning consists of highly compressed air in which ordinary white light rotates in all possible directions. Light compresses the air due to the optical electrostrictive pressure. In turn, the shell of compressed air is a two-dimensional lighted light guide. I must said longitude, that's not the word. Light guide that prevents the <laughs> propagation of light in free space. Thus, ball lightning is a self-confined light in a non-linear optical medium in the form of the conventional air atmosphere. End quote. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> Absolutely not. I do not get paid for that. <laughs> no, it's sciencey stuff, you know? It, it, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's I can't explain it again, so we're done. <laughs> yeah. And and it's just it's a lot to process. And I I can get to me it sounds like an explanation without really explaining anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's this, this, and this. And after it's like, oh, yeah. yeah like, you reading that? I was trying to just understand it. And I'm like, okay, so it's compressed air, like gas almost in this container. An explosion of compressed. And then I got lost and I was like, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Chrissy's just like, get me the fuck out of here. I should have rescheduled this recording, damn it. <laughs> it which... Yeah, bear with us. So it, it could be very possible that these lights are somehow ball lightning. Maybe it's only happening in Hesdalen because of a certain thing in the air. I don't really know. But because ball lightning hasn't been fully determined as something factual as of yet, I mean, the fact that it's one of those things that are is just as a mystery as the Hesdalen lights, I'm not going to put all my money on this one, on this theory per se. Uh, not only that... But if it is ball lightning, then why was it happening so frequently between 1981 to 1984 when people in the area were witnessing it 15 to 20 times a week to then dropping down to only a few times a year? Like what was going? Yeah, what was going on in the 80s that made it so freaking popular that this these lights were coming like this quote unquote ball lightning was happening so frequently in this one area? It's just, it's just it doesn't make sense to me. None of this makes sense to me. Life doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, the other thing is that there are no known reports of lights being seen during a thunderstorm per se or during stormy weather in general. So it's not like people are specifically, I know in uh, China, they back in 2012, they did. But in Heslin, I don't think they reported seeing these lights in a thunderstorm or in a regular like lightning storm. It was just kind of sporadically at night, right? So it's very... It doesn't follow the typical suit. No, it doesn't, it's not matching up. No. So my initial thought was to see what the weather in Heslin was like at this point to further kind of get a picture as to whether or not, which I, I put LOL in brackets because get it? I was looking at the weather to see whether or not. Anyways. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to see whether or not Heslin was a place that maybe gets ramped, like rampant with thunderstorms and what have you. So I'm just gonna quick say a side note of the, yeah. our listeners. This is what I deal with on a daily basis. On a okay? daily basis, I, <laughs> the, the punniness is just it's too much to handle. And a lot of times you just ignore me, so I just keep talking about it and I keep like highlighting the pun. I'm like, no, but Christy, did you hear what I said? <laughs> and I just I continue said. to ignore it. Okay, next. <laughs> Thank you, next. Goodbye. So. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. According according to the Best Time to Visit website, because there's a Best Time to Visit website, and I'm going to be using it for my future travels whenever I can. <laughs> this 
province. Uh, Hes- 2021, let me tell you that. <laughs> not this not this time, that's for sure. Uh, Hesland seems to be very similar to us in a sense weather-wise, so it kind of gets snow in the wintertime during the winter months and usually warmer in the summertime, the summer months, yada yada. For example, the average temperature in that area is about 8 degrees Celsius, and they also report that they get roughly 527 millimeters of rain in, in a year, so I feel like that's average. Uh, with it being dry about 149 days with an average humidity of 83% and a UV index of 3. Not only that, but according to another website I read called the Viking Network, which, fitting, uh, thunderstorm development or formations are very frequent over the Scandinavian Peninsula. With all this being said and thinking, maybe in a simple-minded way, because I can attest sometimes i'm simple-minded uh lightning goes hand in hand with thunderstorms including you know heat lightning one might want to rule this theory out that the headstone lights are this is this ball lightning but once again we don't know much about ball lightning so we can't necessarily say it's i'm gonna get in an argument with myself here we can't definitively say it is but we can't definitively say it isn't does that make sense you, I feel like you just need to let it go before you argue with yourself. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm just going to let this shit go. But regardless, one thing of this theory is clear. There is a mystery branching from another mystery, which is why maybe this branch has been made. So maybe this is why people are like, oh, yeah, the Hesdalen lights, that's ball lightning. Well, what's ball lightning? That's a good question, right? <laughs> I can't explain it, but it is. <laughs> I can't explain it. But it definitely is. So that's that's one theory. That's theory number one. Now here's the next theory, which is also sciencey and very confusing. Buckle the fuck up. So, yay. Okay. The next theory is that the Heslin lights are caused by a natural battery. Your face says it all. It's confusing. I know. <laughs> what? So. Okay. This was a theory that I read on the Science Norway website article, and once again, it's science-y. The article explains that Hesdalen, considered a valley, runs north to south. Within its western slope of the valley, there have been reported minerals such as iron and zinc running in the west, while on its eastern side, there appears to be rock containing copper. The Science Norway website article explains how these slopes, with their minerals, can function like an anode anode so kind of like the negative side of the battery and a cathode which is the positive side of the battery and once again don't read me for how i pronounce that because i didn't jolly phonics it so i jolly phonics that's just how you say them anode and cathode okay cool because i jolly phonics most of the like norwegian stuff but the own english stuff i was like oh i'll just wing it says the one who can barely speak english so The slopes per se aren't producing the energy on its own, but, and here, big old Kim Kardashian butt coming back in the picture, let's say if a river, I don't know, maybe specifically pointing at the Hesja River in Hesdalen, contains specific compounds, it could then turn into a conductor and cause a chemical reaction similar to a battery, according to the Science Norway website article. Now, you may be sitting there in your car driving to your boring nine-to-five job, and you might be asking yourself, what could turn things into a conductor? Well, here's your answer. So, Hesdalen reportedly has an abandoned mind that could possibly, potentially, allegedly, supposedly, this is what I'm basing my information off of, be releasing sulfuric acid, which 
could turn river water into a conductor. Thank you. Hold your applause till the end. I know. It's <laughs> coming up here with all the finger snaps being like, yeah. I'm so smart. <laughs> I feel so smart right now, even though I have no idea what the fuck's going on. It's great. <laughs> this is how this is how I got through my undergrad. Let me tell you that. Uh, so so two scientists from Italy reportedly tested the energy that the Hesja River created in which they were able to actually light a regular light bulb. Fascinating, am I right? They they used the 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 water, they did a thing, they did an experiment, and bam, a light bulb was lit. Which to bam. me science happens. This whole thing demonstrates the power of the minerals overall. So it's very interesting. And of course, because it's very interesting and it's in Hesdalen and the lights were happening, people were like, huh. Maybe because of this natural battery being caused, this could be the reason why people are seeing these mysterious lights. Maybe, but I don't quite know. <laughs> In a Daily Mail article, Dr. Jader Manari, i.e. one of the scientists mentioned earlier, who is from the Institute of Radio Astronomy in Medicina, Italy, noted that the bubbles of ionized gas get created when the sulfurous fumes from the river react with the humid air of the valley. So, okay. Uh, then the geology forms an electromagnetic field lines in the valley, which apparently explains the movement of the lights. So, as you can guess, this this is obviously a potential contender. We've got this Italian scientist who's like, oh, yeah, this happens and this happens and potentially lights. But there are some good noted objections and further questions, of course. So, for example, how is this natural battery causing enough energy to make the gases glow? Which was a question I saw in the Science Norway website. They're like, okay, that's, this theory is great and dandy, but how is it making it glow? How is it making it look like a light? Right? Like, it just doesn't doesn't necessarily explain outwardly how the lights are being caused. And it doesn't explain the difference, like the difference in the lights each time, because each light looks different. Uh, they're all, they're all balls. We can all, we can agree on that, but they're, they're different mm -hmm. colors, different shapes. They last, some last longer, some last shorter. They're seen this day. They're not seen this day. And they're seen between these. Like, it's just. There's no rhyme or reason or specific explanation that makes exactly. sense yet. Exactly. So there's also a question regarding the temperature of the plasmas being formulated, which comes from the electrically charged gases. So I'm not going to get heavy into this because this hurt my head when I was reading it. But it already sounds like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but allegedly, electricity-charged gases formulate really hot gases, whereas I think the argument here is that the Hesdalenites, or this alleged form of plasma, ain't hot, she cold. So they don't necessarily think that the gases that are being formulated are equivalent to the same temperature as the lights. Don't ask me why, because I don't have the answer. That's just what I read, damn it. So take that information, put it in your pocket, Google it later. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but that, that, that's where we're at. So there's this argument like, oh, well, the temperature and how is it causing the, the actual light, so to speak. So the natural battery theory is a theory that although it feels pretty straightforward, just kidding, uh, seems to still have some questions. And I'm not a scientist by any means. I think we've made that pretty, 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 pretty clear, heavy on. Uh, but the natural battery theory like makes sense until, until it gets to the actual light part. 
Like all the minerals, the power and everything like that, that, that I can understand. It's the actual formation of the light and how the light has been observed and like the weird little like characteristics of the lights that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I can obviously see like the mixing of minerals and water or something's happening, but yeah, like the actual production of light doesn't really make sense. Exactly. It also doesn't necessarily explain the reason why some people have allegedly reported being really close to these lights, as mentioned earlier. And not only that, but the reports aren't mentioning this river. Like it's, it's not that people are see- going to the river and they're seeing these lights. It's these lights are right outside their freaking windows. So it's it's confusing, right? Yeah, it's like just these stalker balls. It's not like stalker rivers. Balls. <laughs> stalker stalker balls. dots. Stalker dots. Rivers of weird water. <laughs> stalker dots. I love it. I don't know why, but that just spoke to me on a personal level. <laughs> Regardless of the stalker dot, stalker dots. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know. Once again, we're not scientists here, but you would think that if the energy is being caused at this one location, the river, it would primarily stick to that location. I could be wrong. We could be wrong about the stalker dot sticking to one location, but I just, something doesn't make sense to me. No, 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 I'm not coming. No. I will say, though, it's kind of cool knowing that this uh, river, the Hesja River, which I apologize, because that was the only Norwegian thing I don't think I jolly phonixed. Even though we don't, in my mind, it doesn't, I don't think it's causing the Hesjalan lights. It's kind of good to know that that's a power source for later on, because, you know, I'm a natural energy kind of person over here, so... So the next theory is that the lights in Hesjalan are airplane lights. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't give me that face because I know. So this this is another theory that came from the website article by Brian Dunning that I mentioned earlier, which points to the lights being caused by airplanes. So there's this airport in Tranheim, uh, which is actually called the Tranheim Airport. Shocker. Uh, that is kind of the cause and potential backing behind this theory. So once again, for geographics, uh, the Tranheim, or Tranheim, sorry, is almost two hours west of Hesdalen. The airport is situated north of Oslo and also reportedly has routes that pass directly over Hesdalen. When the lights were first being noticed in 1981, it was alleged that charter passenger service between Tranheim and Oslo was kind of in the beginning of its work. So it was kind of just starting, but going over, like it was still going over Hesdalen, so to speak, as far as we know. The charter started sometime in 1976, but was ramping up as the years kind of went on. So Brian Dunning points out in his article that Tranheim is approximately 40 nautical miles north of Hesdalen, and at the range, apparently the use of aircraft landing lights is discretionary, meaning some pilots may have them on while others don't. And according to Brian, weather doesn't necessarily affect their choice per se of having their lights on. I feel like this would be a really good episode to have Jason on. Jason's our friend Jenna's fiance, and he's a a pilot, so he'd be able to explain this a little bit easier to us. Because right now I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Smile and nod, just smile and nod. So As mentioned, the lights were apparently most noticed between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. when it's obviously dark outside, but there's still air traffic happening. 
This theory could be likely. However, once again, it's still kind of interesting that some of the photos attached to this mysterious light phenomena wouldn't necessarily give off that kind of vibe that it's part of an airplane. Because, I mean, yes, I don't see airplane lights all the time where I live because I live in the middle of freaking nowhere in southwestern Ontario. And I would highly recommend Googling imaging the pictures of the Hesdalen mystery lights because, to me, it just doesn't doesn't read airplane i'm sorry to say and if you're saying airplane lights um no airplane's gonna be outside your window because you're definitely gonna hear that just saying they're stalker dots okay they're gonna be outside your window whether you like it or not because they want to party so well if the airplane's outside your window as the airplane lights then it's fucking crashing beside your house exactly that's the thing right (laughs) and that's that's what I had to question because people are reportedly seeing these lights really up close and sometimes they last for seconds, sometimes they last for hours. So if they're, if that's the characteristics, that doesn't really necessarily, to me, give off this airplane theory vibe really well. Yeah, this, this theory is like X-Nay for me. Regardless, Brian pointed out in his 2011 article how this theory seems to be the most likely as airplane lights could perhaps from a distance come across as looking similar to an orb, which has been one of the descriptions of the Hesdalen lights. But to me, personally, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't want to argue with you, Brian, but I just don't see it. So I don't appreciate your tone, but okay. <laughs> well you know what it is what it is and finally we have our last theory and you're gonna hate me because it's an obvious one because i don't already know (laughs) (laughs) so this theory as you might have guessed it and our listeners are probably like okay duh some people think that the headstone lights are proof of aliens and or UFOs from outer space. And Chris, you just gave me the m- biggest eye roll of 2021. <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, I, we're going back to this? Okay. <laughs> I couldn't give you a weird distraction without talking about the most weirdest sh- theory out there. I think that'd be a disgrace to the podcast. So obviously mm-hmm. we, ta- we had to talk about this theory. Had to. Uh, being in relation to our space neighbors from above. Some allegedly believe that these lights are actually UFOs flying over Heslin. But why? Why do we go to this theory? What is what is happening? Why are we why are we even talking about this? For starters, first mm-hmm. things first, no one actually knows the cause of the lights. And when we don't know the cause of something, we come up with our own theories. When we come up with our own theories, sometimes they get a little abstract. They slowly seep into conspiracy theories before we know it. And alas, here we are talking about a pot, talking on a little tiny podcast about this theory because someone on the internet pointed out and was like, ah, aliens. So thanks for that. Yeah. So secondly, the presentation of the lights is different than the other natural lights, such as the Northern lights, AKA Aurora Borealis that we were used to seeing. Like it's not, it, they do not look like those lights so when something doesn't look like something that we know we're gonna put a label on and be like well aliens ufo (laughs) yeah ufo that's what it is if they were similar why aren't we classifying them as northern lights and that's the kind of question i had throughout this entire like in, in 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 terms of my research was if they just were part of the northern lights why aren't we just calling them part of the northern lights why is this whole mystery and it's because they're so different Right. Because at first I, I thought, OK, maybe it's just 
these people and the internet, this, that, and the other. But this has been this research has been going on for a while, on and off since the 80s, since it was first seen. So obviously there are some pretty heavy questions as to what these lights are because we're they're not what we know. We can also kind of argue how strange the descriptions of the lights come across as well. So the colors of the lights have been described as yellow, white, and blue and seem to change in shape as well. So it's just odd. I can see why people would go down this rabbit hole thinking that the lights may be out of this world because the reports have been described as fitting into a pretty weird category. Unfortunately, though, the whole UFO alien thing doesn't even hold water in itself because technically speaking, the observation of this phenomena has only been as lights. There is no seen, you know, uh, object like a flying object at all. There's been no seen, you know, little space people or anything like that or aliens. It's just the lights. It's just the lights. So to me, it's, it's hard to say like, oh yeah, it's an alien because I saw a saucer or I saw, you know, like a, a, a rocket ship of sorts or whatever. I'm sounding really ridiculous right now. But anyways, because of that, it's it's like, well, it's just lights. So if it's just lights, like, does that mean there's anything actually attached to it? Because we've never seen anything actually attached to it. Probably not. Right? So with that being said, you could argue that even though there are weird characteristics associated with this, it doesn't mean it has to be aliens or UFOs. I mean, they're just lights. As far as we know, they haven't hurt anybody. They haven't done anything. Yes, they're weird in their characteristics and their presentation, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're aliens. I'm just going to put that out there. No, I don't think they're aliens. No. So to kind of summarize this this weird old distraction from Norway, uh, as far as my research has led me, there are no definitive causes or reasonings behind the Hesdalen lights, making them what I'm going to describe a weird-ass mystery. They haven't been connected to the Northern Lights as well, which I've mentioned heavily, which, once again, I'm sure many people are thinking they're probably just part of the Aurora Borealis. Trust me, I thought that. I don't think that's the case. And I could be proven wrong. But if they were part of the Aurora Borealis, let's just call it that. Let's just call it a day. Let's just put a label on it, you know? But it's not. People don't like labels, so... <laughs> exactly we need to we need to do the research so regardless of where you stand there is still a mystery afoot and perhaps one that needs more light shone on it goodbye <laughs> and that's the end of my story thank you so much and shout out to my resources because without you i'd have no idea what i was talking about i still kind of don't but alas here we are so my resources were the Phenomenauts podcast, and that was episode 28, The Hesdal and Lights, Taste of the Mystery, and they published that on May 6, 2019. Earthsky.org, Has the Ball Lightning Mystery Been Solved? Question mark. The answer is no. Uh, posted by Paul Scott on June 14, 2019. Torchigan Vladimir and Torchigan AV, The Phenomena of Ball Lightning and Its Outgrowths. Uh, that was in 2005, and that was for Physics Letters. The Visit Norway website, Facts and Fiction about the Northern Lights. The Frontiers in Earth Science website article, To Investigate or Not to Investigate. Researchers' views on unexplored atmospheric light phenomena by Itini Caron and Poya Faridi? Sorry, Poya, but I did not jollophonics your name. And they posted that on February 24th, 2016. The best time to visit 
.co.nz website, the Viking Network website on August 14, 2004, the Science Norway website, Little Valley, a giant battery, uh, by Arnfin Christiansen. <laughs> Christianison, that's what his last their last name is. No date posted. Uh, the Daily Mail website article has the mystery of glowing Norwegian orbs been solved? Question mark. Expert claims natural battery creates the amazing light show by Sarah Griffiths on May nineteenth, twenty fourteen. Almost done here. Just bear with me. Paper written by Erling T. Strand, uh, using an unknown mystery as a case for teaching students information, communication technologies, data unknown, and that was for the School of Computer Sciences, Osfold College in Halden, Norway. The Skeptoid Media website article, The Hestel and Lights by Brian Dunning, August 9th, 2011. And Brian also has a podcast called The Skeptoid Podcast. Go check it out to hear more from Brian. And finally, the last little cherry on top of this weird Sunday. The National Geographic article, Ball Lightning, Weird, Mysterious, Perplexing, and Deadly, which is how I want to be described when I die. And that was by Christina Nunez on March 5th, 2019. Christy, for the love of everything golden, can you please tell these fine people where they can find us while I take a drink of water? Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, our lovely followers we have here, you can find us on our many platforms. We are on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Love Review, Love Some Stars, or just any other platform you find us on. You can email us at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. We are doing listener stories. Feel free to send us some goodies to be a part of that. We are doing them as much as we can, as many stories as we get. So yes. more than every year. Yes. Um, tweet at us, Insta. You can find us on Patreon. Shout out to our Patreons that we have. They are uh, going up monthly. You get goodies, bonus episodes. So feel free if you can monetize us. That would be great. If not, we still love the support. Also on Redbubble, we have merch. Anything uh, weird distraction search comes up. You get our logo on anything you like. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also on Buy Me a Coffee, which I always forget that we need to plug. But I will say thank you to Bernadette from the Murderific True Crime Podcast who bought us a coffee the other day. I forgot to tell you that. How nice. Thank you. I know. Love you, Bernadette. Thank you so much. And our patrons, Tom and Bailey, thank you so much for supporting the show. I actually went to Bailey's house today to pick up my Mother's Day gift because she has a lovely little small business. I'm just going to pull up the name of it here. You should check it out on Instagram. I think I posted on our podcast uh, story oh, today. I saw that. It was yeah. really cute. Yeah, so it's Lounswood Design Co. And that's on Instagram. So once again, that is L-O-U-N-S-W-O-O-D-D-E-S-I-N-G. Oh, I-N or I-G-N. Oh, my gosh, I can't spell. Co. And it's right in front of me. Uh, and she, she does it all. Like, she sells sunglasses she does t-shirts she does like t-shirt designs um she sells dresses like just all kinds of really cool stuff so definitely check that out and i think that's oh weird weird are weird stories so here's the tea we want to do them we want to read your weird tales on the air but we need more (laughs) so we have enough for our first episode which comes out on june 13th uh but to make it kind of like a yeah that's it to make it more of like a bi-monthly thing we want to hear your true encounters of true crime nothing that's pending in court right now because we don't have lawyers and i don't want to deal with any legal stuff uh we want to hear your weird paranormal encounters have you been to a haunted house is your house haunted is your mother possessed by a demon let us know do you have creepy dolls yeah do you have a 
creepy doll. I want to hear about it. Don't send me pictures. I don't want to see it. I just want to hear about it. Essentially, we want to read your weird tales on air. If you are cool and comfortable with that, like Christy said, email us at weirddistractionspodcast.outlook.com. And yeah, the first episode for that's coming out June 13th. We're recording it tomorrow. I am stoked because we got some juicy ones. Stoked. Stoked. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tagging along. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Goodbye. Bye. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review.